0: Hello, I'm Yolanda Brown, and welcome to LPO Offstage. This is the podcast that gets down to the nitty gritty of life in the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Today, we'll be finding out how the actual music makes its way to the stage for the musicians to read, and how the LPO Library makes it all happen. We're joined today by LPO librarian Sarah Holmes and percussionist Andy Barkley. It's lovely to have you with us, Sarah, and welcome back, Andy. Actually, this is very strange for us. Last time I spoke to you, Andy, we were down the line uh, on a video call That's and right, now yes. we're backstage at the Glyndebourne Opera House. Isn't it beautiful to be here and to be here in person?
1: It's absolutely wonderful. Oh, lovely. Nice to meet you.
0: Lovely to, yeah, <laughs> lovely to officially meet you. And Sarah, it's great to speak to you. I've been... Really looking forward to understanding how the library works. We've heard great things about you through Series One and Series Two, so um, yes, we'll hear behind a lot to live up to. I think (laughs) (laughs) no, you will do beautifully. (laughs) Well, let's start at the beginning. What does your job entail as the LPO librarian?
2: Well, quite simply, we apart from Glyndebourne, which we don't actually do, the LPO librarians put every single piece of music on the stage or in front of a player, Uh, and that includes all the chamber music. That they do and every single concert and all the education concerts everything. Wow and how long have you been doing the job because I know this is a
0: new phase of your life now you're just a week into retirement how long have you been the LPO librarian?
2: Only eight years. Aha yes and what was your journey to that point? Uh, Well I've been in the profession for 45 years I started as a secretary BBC Symphony Orchestra unit went on to help stage manage the proms in the early Mm -hmm. 80s then moved to the London Sinfonietta which is a smaller ensemble and I was first the fixer and then the concert manager there so I became the librarian when I became the concert manager
0: right because
2: the the two combined I see and I was there for 25 years Brilliant. So no stranger to it. And I guess you've seen the ups and downs of it all, which must be fascinating. Um, Where is the LPO Library? Where are you based? It's in the crypt. It's off the crypt of Henry Wood Hall, which is the LPO's main rehearsal hall, which is, if you've ever been there and people don't know, it's a church in Borough. And uh, it's, a, it's a 17th century church and it was converted in the early 70s into a rehearsal hall. The crypt is the canteen, if you like, right. and we're off the crypt and we have no daylight. Oh, my.
0: It's a true sort of library. Just um, You're really painting the picture. What does it look like in there? Are there is it organised or are there, is there sheet music everywhere? What does it look like?
2: It's not organised. LAUGHTER um, it's been... Covid has caused us all sorts of extra problems yes. and we've been the busiest we've ever been, actually. Uh, and consequently, at the moment, there seem to be cardboard boxes and music everywhere. everywhere. Oh We my. do try. Yes. <laughs> is there a system that you work there to? There is a system. There chaos. is a system, yes. yes. And we have, we have the usual sort of rolling shelves that you, you would see in archives and so on, which is where the permanent music wow. stays. And how many people are in your team? Well, technically, there's been one because uh, I job share. And up until I left two weeks ago, that was it. So we did three days a week each. And we tried to do one of those days together so that we always had a handover. Brilliant. But in the future, it'll be one full time and one part time.
1: It's very useful that the other librarian is called Sarah as well, which <laughs> saved my fingers. When yes, I'm like I can imagine.
0: And what sort of thing, requests do you have to them?
1: I'm an absolute thorn in their side, aren't I, Sarah? Yeah, but we've of course. got a l- very lovely relationship. Most musicians want, if possible, to see the music before the first rehearsal. Right. So although Sarah's just made light of her job of getting the music up to the music stands, almost like for the rehearsals, but most of the time she's feeding music to. Panicking musicians. And Of course, I panic more than anyone else because I haven't only got to learn the music; I've got to make sure the right instruments are there. You did tell me that before, so indeed. If, if it's a you know if it's a Tchaikovsky symphony, I won't trouble you, will I? No, She's still scowling. When at you me see a that bit. come up, you think, "Oh, thank God, I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to get an email." But from when her. when we do a new piece, um, I, I often I'm pestering mm. Sarah for and, until we get some even a score, so I can just see that there's nothing really untoward
0: and so how does the how do the requests work I'm intrigued by this do you go to the library or do you send an email and these requests are coming from
2: up to Mm. how many 60 musicians at a time it's more than that because at any one time there will be 10 concerts in the running if you like and there will be extra people that are not in other concerts, so it'll, it will it can be a lot more than that. There are people who never ask for the music ever. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Don't, don't uh, name them. Don't name them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not going to name them, no. But we know who to get the music to first, uh-huh. really. Um, and we always try and get Peter Skuman, his music, first. Yes. And Andy and Rachel Masters, the harp player, and we try and get keyboard music out as well, but uh, of course that can vary, and we don't always uh, know who that's going to be. And so it's more than actually
0: seeing the repertoire, seeing the name, getting the music out. You actually have to be familiar with it and know what instrumentalists will be wanting to sort of gen up well, beforehand.
1: Well, I, I can say that Sarah's, on a number of occasions, saved my bacon wow. because she's seen something that I might not have thought, I, th- I might have thought, oh, that'd be fine. And she's, she's tipped me the wink and said, you might want to look at this. No. But, you know, if we're rehearsing in Henry Wood, in a tea break...
2: You can just pop because down. Because the
1: tea break is right next door to the library. I will often stick my nose and say, have you, have you got anything new for me? And
2: When I first joined the orchestra, I actually went in as the other Sarah's maternity cover. And it was absolutely being dropped in from a great height. It hadn't occurred to me what the tea breaks would be like. <laughs> and there was no system in place. For people to ask for it's music and go phone. away, Aha. it was just, no. They'd they'd stand there and wait. Read it. And at the first tea break, that I there was a queue across the crypt. Waiting for me to no. find music and so, on. so I went out the next day and bought a day-to-a-page diary. Yes, and said from now on you write it in here, and I you'll like get that. it to the end of the day. Oh, but, so it really
0: is a quick turnaround. Even still, though, to well, put because your order p- in a people
2: bit. think, oh, I've got twenty minutes, I'll go down and see Sarah. Well, that's no good no. if there are eighty people coming down to see me. You yes. know, so and so is that now the
0: process for ordering your scores? What what's the Sort of the way that you it's, should do
2: it it 's very random, and oh, really? we, accommodate, we we accommodate everybody, so people can write to us and say, "When I come in next week, can I have all of this stuff or um, you know or, or they just come in on the morning and say, "By the end of the day, can I come down at lunchtime yes. and get this stuff it 's random really I'm but in awe. I really well, am. The most
1: awesome thing is it's, it's, this is what we're talking about now. Is only a tiny part of yes. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the main mm-hmm. the main thing is that if if it's music if we play Chike four I presume the LPO owns their own set mm-hmm. of parts. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time Sarah's getting music from publishers because it's new or we don't own yes. it. She's hiring stuff. Yes. And so.
0: Well, that was going to lead to my next question. How many scores does the LPO? Own.
2: I was trying to work that out actually <laughs> and I think that what we actually own is probably about 200 sets wow. of parts um, for most of and it's mostly classical stuff and yeah. as, as Andy says things like Tchaikovsky and so on obviously not any copyright music yes. we can't own the copyright music but we are allowed what they call permanent loan sets. Of, of things that we do a lot like writer spring i yes. mean we've got most of the of the big stravinskis and we have to tell the publisher every time we use them as a, a and pay a higher fee even for rehearsals uh well yes yes, oh, yes yes
0: so yes we know providing for for the musicians and if they want it beforehand but then dealing with publishers new works how do you fit all of that into your working day
2: Yes, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, we have to juggle, really. Between us over the last year, because Sarah lives a little bit further out of London, she's been taking a lot of the bowing work home and staying at home a day or two a week and so on. So sorry, and backtrack for me, just so a little bit. Backtrack, yes. What we is have to, work? Watch, we have to bow all the strings for them. They don't... It isn't an automatic thing. It has to be put in the parts.
0: You are physically writing Within Physically each, each Writing
2: up bows and down Sarah. bows and various other markings. Now, obviously, the sets that we have, a lot of them are bowed much, and yes. we don't have to... We usually have to check the back desks because if you have... A string strength that is different from the last time you did it. For example, if we did a piece at Brighton, we would have a desk around fewer. I see. Then next time we do it in the Festival Hall.
0: Then you'd have more.
2: So say we have 16 in the Festival Hall and we have 14 at Brighton, we have to check the back desk. So how long does it take
0: you to prepare? Just say it's just one piece. How long would it take you to go through each
2: musician's it, music? It really varies because it depends on the, the length of the, of the piece. Yeah, I loathe working on Beethoven. Well, let's
0: take Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate it. <laughs> Why?
2: Because there's so many markings. There's so many. There's so many different things to put in, yes, really. And yes. it's, it's, you'll find you'll get to desk eight. And you find something you've never seen before I mean, and you oh, have to go no, back and no. see, did I not see it or do I just, you know, did I not remember it or yes. everything? And sometimes you find you have put it in, but you just didn't remember. You were an autopilot. And, no. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and so it just can take, and you know, Beethoven parts can take absolutely ages. We've done a lot of Schumann in the last season because of COVID. We've been doing yes. repertoire that we've not used to doing and... Those have taken a a long time. A a, a part can take over an hour, maybe. You know, a string section can take you a week. In between all that, you've got to send scores out to conductors, send parts out to the players, send to to scan the parts in the first place. Yeah. With recordings, you know, we have to get scores out to the recording engineers and conductors vary okay. uh, some of them like to get their own they buy their own and they look after them oh. if it's repertoire they've often got them already uh-huh yes others turn up without them at the first rehearsal <laughs> and then you have to okay. go and fucking no names <laughs> no names but no. we know who they are we always oh, yeah. have them usually <laughs> and we usually have them ready
0: I'm intrigued about how technology has either aided or made it more difficult uh, your job. Have you found it better that you can just scan things in and send them out? Um, or do you miss kind of, I'm guessing at some point there was sticky tape and, and scissors There's involved? still
1: sticky tape. It's still, still sticky very,
0: tape.
2: <laughs> very definitely still sticky tape, isn't yeah. there? It's a very, very interesting question. I think it's going to run and run. Yes, The short answer is that I don't think the technology is there yet for the orchestra to play from something like iPad, giant iPads on stage in a full concert. I know it's been done, but it's been done as one-off. Yeah. um, And... Nobody's thought through how it can actually happen. Mm. And also, I don't think anybody's worked out how expensive it's going to be. Absolutely. Because I don't see how you can do it without having a permanent IT person. You have to. Can you imagine oh, if the whole exactly. thing goes down? And, yeah. and that's not a librarian thing, no. that you need somebody who actually understands the computers. Yes, And, you know, so when somebody goes down halfway through, you know, somebody else will run out and do that. So that's another, that's a whole other story. But in terms of running the library, it's so much easier that we have scanning technology and and that we are allowed... we have to be very careful about this because the publishers do not like well, it. Exactly. If we copy everything, and yeah, we're not allowed an to, would, and it's, it? it's illegal. Yes. You know. Yes. Obviously, what we do with our own stuff, thats thats quite. If it's public domain, yes, that's quite different. However, it is an understood thing by most of the publishers that we always scan the front desk of strings, always, right. both before and afterwards because it's mostly string players that will ask for their music in advance. Yeah. And most people do actually. There's an awful lot of people now who practice from iPads. Of so course. we send it by PDF, PDF and that's that's allowed. Obviously we never play from no. music that we have scanned or anything like that. And we don't scan everything. Because of Covid we've scanned a lot more because you can't, we, it, at the, the height of, of of the worries, we couldn't just, if if a player went sick, yes. we couldn't just put that player's music in front of the person who came in oh, to replace of course. them. So we actually had to have the facility to produce new parts if if necessary. On so demand. we scanned yes. everything. Basically. Brilliant. Makes sense. Yes. Um, so that made a great difference. The One of the worst, and, and the other reason that it helps enormously, we do that on tour as well. Hmm. We always have what we call safety sets, which okay. are basically are on a dongle, you know, on a, on a small... That you can then print off. Yeah, that we can print off. But the worst thing that ever happened to me was before I came to the LPO, and the leader of the London Symphony Etta at that time dropped a piece of music out of her violin case on her way into rehearsal. Ooh. She didn't know how she did it. Yes. It was a full evening's work by Berio. Oh, my... We were going to in the next morning. Oh, no. It was Friday lunchtime and Berio's publisher is Universal Edition in Vienna mm. and they don't work Friday afternoons. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing I could do was find an absolutely terrific copyist, I give him a name, Lee Stevenson. Yes, thank who, you. Who <laughs> uh, took the score from me and... Hand wrote it and hand hand made the part overnight. But it it gets worse because we were going the next morning. Fortunately, we were doing another concert first and then uh, rehearsing Coro on uh, the Sunday morning. Mm. And we had to go without it. And he had to take it round to another player who was coming out a day later. later. Oh, wow. When he finished it.
1: (laughs) Who knew how to do the zip up on their case. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) And not put it in the hold. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Fruit player who's got much safer. Oh,
1: right. Much
2: safer. Yeah. That is remarkable. Yeah, that, that's probably the worst mm. tour copying job that... Wow. that I, I, I didn't actually physically have to do it myself. Yes. But...
1: Oh, I've yeah. had things like, you know, you move yeah. your stand and the music slides off. Yes. Mm. And then it, it goes oh, between the, the, the staging blocks. Yeah. I think that happened at the festival hall. We had to find somebody to go down to the hydraulic system underneath mm. the stage on his hands and knees and find this bit of paper, <laughs> yeah. which he that's, picked up and thought, what he want that for? It's a load of squiggles, obviously, because that's... That's what it actually
2: quite is. a yeah. common one. That's oh, yeah. happened to me more than once.
1: Coming back to the technology thing, um, yeah. one of, I noticed sitting in the back of the orchestra, one of the uh, viola players, Richard, recently, he's been using... Mm. An iPad, just because he doesn't have to turn pages, he's got a Bluetooth pedal or whatever that is. Of course, yes. It reminded me that years and years ago when I was in the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra, I wrote a little sort of jokey article in their quarter note, whatever it was called, their little magazine, about the future I, I totally made it up. But actually quite a it's lot of happening. things have come And I had this whole thing about screens. This was before iPads. I thought, that you know, music stands would be screens and that the music, you wouldn't have page turns. I thought the music would just sort of slide yes. along. And I had all these ideas that you could have a little dot over where you were. Yeah. Which was good. I- and really useful things that if a the leader changes a Boeing, it would automatically happen on all the screens behind him. That could be really That could actually be the does, way
2: that can happen. Yeah. Yes, there is technology. This is the thing, there is technology in existence and it, it absolutely can happen that the leader can just write in a Boeing and it, it'll go down the section. Yes. yes. Or even around all the strings if yeah. it's appropriate. But the thing is that pen and paper is still better. Yeah. Or oh, pencil I've and paper is still that. better. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, I don't see what the benefit is, actually, yeah. in, in if the If you've end. got a good librarian, then you, it should be doable. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's heavier to have technology. It's heavier. It's got to be carried around. There isn't room on the truck for everything we yes. need anyway. Oh. Yes, and, yeah. and you need really good stands. Our, our new um, assistant orchestra manager, he did a very good speech to the library uh, meeting that we have every year a couple of years ago because they tried it with his old orchestra and the, st- the stands just kept going very, very slowly oh, no. down all the way yeah. through oh, the performance. No. <laughs> and, and also, the, it was the, the people who developed the technology who sort of provided the iPads that day and everything, they hadn't thought about charging them. Absolutely, So there was, yes. char- there was sort of things all over dressing rooms and yes. stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but you
1: know what it's like. I mean, if you're writing an email, you can press something and suddenly you've lost the email, even if it's just for a couple of seconds. Well, if you're yeah. in the middle of a, a piece of music yeah. and your screen yeah. goes <laughs> blank or whatever. Yes, exactly. Okay. What are it's, you going
2: to do? in the middle well, of an, a middle of a big symphony or write a spring or something something you're not yeah.
0: going to yes yeah. <laughs> i yeah. want to delve a little bit back into the percussion section and everything you have to deal with with Andy and the rest of the instruments i mean what are the different types of percussion scores that you will come across and what sort of thing will you see that you think oh andy would need to would need to look at this
2: uh, well certainly but i would say very fast tuned percussion
1: mm. parts
2: you uh, are yeah. allowed know,
1: to am i allowed to say what musicians call that Yes, please. Fly sh- <laughs> <laughs> you that Because it when it's really fast, there's millions of notes on the page and it just looks like some insect has sort of had a bad night and that's why it's been called. I mean, there's loads of lovely jargon in the professional that's mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. the one I like.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain composers, I think it's mm-hmm. safe to say, Steve Reich comes mm-hmm. to mind, that mm-hmm. you would just automatically Say, I need that music as mm. soon as possible. Mm. And we have a slightly added problem is that we don't tend to order music for more than two months. Oh. So, because you pay more. And right. so, everybody, there's a standard, everybody everywhere, yes. the standard thing is to ask for music for two months. I see. Just occasionally, we will ask for music early. So it is
0: technically like a library, the maximum that you can take that piece out Mm. or that that book is for two months. But I want to touch on touring and how much you're actually alongside the orchestra. Yes. How do you print music or reproduce music, maybe lost music or something went missing when you're out of the country?
2: Well, I find it's absolutely extraordinary how badly major concert halls are provisioned for that I spent an hour getting one photocopied sheet in the Avery Fisher Hall in New York. Yes. Which is a fairly major hall. Mm. But I come to the conclusion it's because a lot of them, that is the New York Phil's home. Yeah, yeah. And when the New York Phil aren't there, their offices are shut and you can't access access their photocopier. We now take a small, tiny printer with us, but that can only print normal a4. Yeah, well, I was going to ask... Which can be too small. Is, is normal sheet
0: music is larger than A4 normally, isn't it?
2: Quite a lot of new music yes. is actually printed large enough to be used on A4, okay. funnily enough, the yeah. actual print. But, yes, most of it is bigger. It's, what size is it? We can only print at B4. B4, okay. which is about halfway between A4 and A3. So
0: you need a special printer for that, then. You, uh, need, you a need a special printer, a but you also
2: need you need the paper. No, nobody stops the paper, and you have to get it cut. Yeah. So you're carrying reams of paper with you on tour. We do tend to have a bag of, 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 of B4 in the door, yeah. And it there's... mustn't
1: be white. I mean, white paper is yes. too glary, yes. isn't yeah, it? So you've got. That's right. A slight, well, what is I'm the gonna...
2: colour? Well, I, it's... I, I can't remember what it's called. It's not... It's called... It's, I think it's actually Elephant's called... Full or, or something. something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Magnolia.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it is Magnolia, really, isn't it? yeah. It's is it? Like that,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and are you restricted, then, to thinking about budget as well? I mean, we're talking about, you know, we've reproduced this, just send that. You're talking to publishers and the copyright and all of that. I, I think... Do yeah, you have to handle the budget? We think, don't handle it?
2: the budget at all. OK, any budget considerations of music hire and things like that are done by the concerts department right. when they actually set the budget for the concert. But they're factoring in all yes. of the things you're telling me um, you today. There are certain types of music, like if you do a concert performance of a full opera, yep. where you have to negotiate what they call grand rights. Yep. And we do occasionally negotiate those. Okay. And we occasionally negotiate down, if we can, if we're repeating concerts a lot or you know repeating the same piece so
0: let's talk tricky scores what is a a tricky score for the orchestra to deal with especially i mean if you're thinking about taking it on tour as well how many parts how many desks i'm learning terminology now Mm. how many desks you have to deal with i mean a piece like marx's autumn symphony or the ring cycle which obviously goes for quite a long time is that quite tricky to maintain and make sure you've got everything there
2: um, we don't have to maintain okay. once they've started rehearsing. So it's already sort of yes. in flow. Yes, okay. it's in flow. I mean, something like the Autumn Symphony, which had been done twice, I think, since its debut in 1922. Right. And it was still handwritten parts. And for some reason, which we did not understand, there was a completely beautiful typeset score... Oh. But not typeset parts, mm. I and see. so we just we there was a fair amount of comparison between the you know we had to compare and compare and contrast <laughs> contrast <laughs> and so and, then would you be um, amending the handwritten yes scores? okay yes yeah yes and uh, that, that did take a fair bit and we were not helped by the fact that they were clean parts which meant they had no bowings in them. Mm one of the things i want, wanted to say to you was mm. that what a marvelous network in the whole world we have of music librarians because really? we are we all support each other mm. there is an association which is something it's called mola and the last bit is, is Orchestral Librarians Association. I can't remember what the M stands for. And it is basically worldwide. Wow. And they have a a nine eleven alert thing. They call it nine eleven alert. Well, of course. And yeah. um, you get emails, it, you know, drop in saying, has anybody got this part? You know. <laughs> I need, mean, yeah. But mostly, but we, we do it, we've also got a, a national one. And mostly we will just sort of put out there, has anybody done this piece? Would you have Boeings? And that's why we always scan them after we've done a performance. Uh
0: Aha. And we
2: keep what we call Boeing master scans. Just in case you need to help a fellow librarian. Or indeed, in case we have to reset to to somebody's, because we always make a note of which conductor it was. Sure. And particularly with Vladimir uh, Irosky, and we will do this, well, Sarah will do this with, with Ed Gardner. We make a note when we, it's the principal conductor because we tend not to change their bowings if ah. we can avoid it. We went with, with the Marx Symphony, we went to the last people who'd done it back in 2005. Wow. And they said, Yes, yes, we well, remember it. We'll send it back to you. We'll look in our archive. And uh, they sent us blank parts. What? So, yes, yeah, so they had nothing. They had nothing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they hadn't bothered to keep it. Then they were deeply apologetic, Absolutely. but they said... They'll never do that again. Well, they said they didn't think they'd ever do it again, so they, they obviously didn't bother yeah. to... <laughs> do you think the musicians like are aware of everything that goes on? I think most of them
1: are. They are. Most of them are, because yeah. it is... You know, the string players, they must know that the Boeings don't just turn up on mm. their own... Mm. And obviously I think people in the other section, especially me, know really close at hand what a vital role Sarah plays and she does her job brilliantly and it makes our job easier because it would yes. be catastrophic if you if the library doesn't function properly. Yeah, yeah. The thing about percussion parts is that they can sometimes come where everything that the composer wants is written on one part. Uh. Which is fine if we did a piece the other day by Freya Whaley-Cohen and she had written a percussion part all in one mm. part. It was as clear as a bell to read and it was designed to be played by one player. Yes. So it was fine. All I had was a couple of photocopies because I had some slightly quick changes between instruments. So I had to leave a few pages of something. I didn't have time to take my music because sometimes you do take your music with you when you move instrument. But sometimes composers sit and decide, right, I'm going to write this for five players, and then they make five different parts and it doesn't work. And then th- there's a myriad of other things, but uh, it's mainly modern music, isn't
2: it? I have a very clear memory when I was... way back when I was first at the BBC Symphony Orchestra of uh, the principal percussion then, who was also principal percussion at the London Symphony Etta Jimmy Jane, Holland. Jimmy Holland. yeah, um, And uh, a very, very uh, well-known composer... Um, who Shall had, Remain Nameless. Who Shall <laughs> Remain Nameless, had written a piece, um, full symphony orchestra, and it had a massive amount of percussion because his pieces always did. But Jimmy went to him, at, I just happened to be there at the time, uh, Jimmy went to him at the beginning of the rehearsal and said, uh, "Could uh, is it all right with you if I just mess around with the parts here? Um, because if we do what you asked, we'd need 13 vibraphones. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Because yeah. it was the only. Because I think yeah. they had seven players on, but yeah. it was the only way they yeah. could have got. I could imagine. Could've, I, I could've imagine it. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, the composers just, just said, "You do know what you need, do what to, what do, you need yeah. to do." I've know. always
1: said that to compose. Yeah. I've always. I mean, here's a plea on podcast to composers: if there's anything you want to know, phone up a percussionist. Yes. Mm. I'm always happy, and some composers do mm. um, consult the consult, musicians. Just say, "Is that possible?" Or and because often it's things they haven't. Couldn't have been expected to think about like the distance between instruments. Of you know, course. marimbas sort of six, seven foot long. Yeah. So if you've got another instrument next to it, you could be seven feet away from it. But generally, I th- and the other, there's one other thing that that I always like when when Sarah does print me another copy of something if i need just a spare copy for us st- to it's always made nicely and she's got a lovely way of taping oh. it together and you've got that slightly terrifying machine that ring binds things that always scares me
2: Oh, what's that? yes well we we do um use a binder for the, the bigger pieces yeah. but yeah. actually if something is sort of like 10 pages then we stick it yeah yes uh, well, we, it we have proper archive perfectly oh wow well we have proper archive tape that we can um use which is Better than tape. We never use cellotape or music. Oh, ever. I see. Oh, that's a good. Tip. Um,
1: other tapes are available. Other, tapes, other are available. tapes are available. <laughs> we, we, it, you know,
2: it's just that kind of sticky back tape we wouldn't see. use. So, so every library here sort of writes to each other in, in, in the country every now and again saying, Can you get this particular archive tape, tape. any cheaper? Because <laughs> it's quite expensive. But, uh-huh. but yeah, that's, that's what we use. But otherwise, we have a hole punch which puts in. You can still only do about 20 pages at a time, okay. so if you're doing a whole score, it can take it's a quite, long time. It's quite scary, time. really. Um, <laughs> and it's it the, the kind worst. that puts you know a hole every uh every centimetre, I guess it's quite For close. The ring binding, and, oh, then you, wow. and then you you manually put a, a ring binder in. So yeah. I can't believe these things are done manually now. Yeah. I mean,
1: to do yeah. all those, but parts. That, that sort of bendy wire thing, though.
2: yes, haven't yes. yeah.
1: you I mean, you've got a machine that sort of crimps you... everything oh, in yes. one yes, day? Yes,
2: but they make they make a terrible noise that's true if yeah. you turn the pages on those uh, they yes. make a, so we only use those if they are strictly practice copies i just wanted to touch on for you if a piece comes into the repertoire
0: and you finally get the the score and the sheet music and it's handwritten and it hasn't been played for i don't know how many years but a lot of years is there a buzz that you get just to think wow the history of this particular piece of sheet music
2: uh, I have to say no. What <laughs> usually happens, I do get Tire a buzz. <laughs> I do get a buzz from some of our old sets, yes. and you read them and you see. Especially, I don't know why this should be, but the, whoever the principal viola was some years ago used to write every performance inside mm. the front page if, oh. if it was a covered page. Yes. so you get a history of when those pieces when have been, been used, nice. and that I love. Yeah. And we've actually got parts that have got. Adrian Bolt's name on them you know at the back of the library somewhere mm-hmm. that yes. we've got and
1: they become sets. very familiar you know when yes. we do standard repertoire the part yes. comes out and you, you see your handwriting for 20 years oh, ago where you've written something oh, wow. in it's kind yes. of strange I Can't
2: yes. be a pair of slippers yeah <laughs> yeah well, it, uh, I mean, that's another case in point because we we try replacing sets sometimes. Yes, and players Ooh. hate it. <laughs> they absolutely hate it. <laughs> Andy hates it too. Yeah, and, and you know, I've gone on tour with because um, sometimes you get a conductor who will ask for a new edition of mm. something, so you have to put out the new edition, ah. and invariably the horn section will come down and say, "Can you give us the old parts?" Mm. and <laughs>
0: Well, I, I mean, I'm sensing that Sarah is a lovely safety net for you. You know where your music's going to be and that, you know, you're looked after.
1: Sarah's mellowed over the years, of course, because <laughs> I remember when I first met her, she was doing the, running the London Sinfonietta and I turned up on my first date. It was at Henry Wood Hall and I was, expect, I, was waiting, I was thinking, well, you know, I'm doing very well now. And I was expecting somebody to come up and say, oh, wow, you must be Andy Barclay. And actually, Sarah took one look at me and said, right, you, come here and move this piano. <laughs>
0: Did I really? Yeah. Oh god. Oh and ever god. since
1: then, yeah, you know, I've always, that's why I always close my music. Pads there you the go, you see. You've got to and start so need to go on. 30 yes. years ago.
0: My final question to you, Sarah, is that do you have a musical background? How do you know what all the instruments need to play and do you play an instrument yourself?
2: No, I sing. Wow but you know how the instruments work, all of the instruments the orchestra. Do you know, the answer to that is quite simple. I was taken to see the Nutcracker at the Festival Hall at the age of four, and I said to my mother, and I remember this, actually, can I go down and see the orchestra? And she took me down to look at the pit during the interval, and I have been fascinated by orchestras ever since. And I don't actually have a musical background, and I've just learned over the years. And as I say, I've been in the business for 45 years and yes. you just, you know, an awful lot of music librarianship like is practical and uh, it's common sense and a matter of being organised and, and that kind of thing. So,
0: wow, yeah. Well, I am just floored. You are phenomenal. It's been wonderful to meet you, Sarah. And thank you, Andy, That's for just shedding that light on exactly what goes on to getting the music on the stands. Thank you both very, very much and happy retirement. Thank you very much. Thank you. So that's it for now from lpo offstage with me yolanda brown thanks so much to sarah holmes and andy barkley for sharing their insight into the secrets behind the scores and how sheet music makes it onto the stage please get in touch using the hashtag #OffstagePod. and thank you so much for listening do join me for the next episode of lpo offstage see you soon